Welcome back to another edition of Sports Meets Money, where our business is sports. And today, we're going to be talking about the UEFA Champions League Final. I'm here, joined by, with my brother, Med. A.K.A. Market and Medi. And again, my name is Ale, a.k.a. Ale Schwab. I'm Ed. Let's get into my it. My boy. Let's get we into should. It. We should probably explain what UEFA actually is, right? Yes, sir. We're, we're at a point, I think, where a lot of people are getting more into soccer based on some recent news of uh, one Leo the Goat Messi coming to Inter Miami. Right. Uh, more people are getting into soccer. We have friends texting us that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's kind of explain this. So to explain UEFA, is it cool if I explain like the confederation thing? Yeah, there's, it's what? it's a lot of meat to, you know, especially if you guys, this is your first time, like, ever getting into like soccer this is going to be a lot of information uh but do remember that our business is sports and we just like to lay the groundwork on exactly what we're talking about and we ease into it with things like this explaining like what uefa is what umbrella it falls under so ahmed is going to get into that right now and i'll and follow up with him. just a precursor i'd say help explain we'd like to announce that this Technically, being I guess season two, Ale. Yeah. When this episode is uploaded under the uh, Twitter account of at Meets Money, I believe. Yes, sir. Um, feel free to follow us if you want to interact with us. Definitely go for it. We'll be happy to have a conversation. Um, yes, sir. We, we love to talk about sports and money. Clearly, um, we're gonna have some graphics to go along with this episode to make it easier for everybody. Yeah. So I mean, just you saying that, I feel like it'd be listen to the episode. We'll have graphics to help, like, sum up what we're talking about. Yeah. And you can kind of follow along with that. It's like classroom resources. You're still going to have to go to lecture hall. But here's the PowerPoint resources to help you go along with it. We're going to help you understand it. We're here for you, the audience. But to get into it, so FIFA, the uh, Federation of International Football Associations, or the video game series for soccer, Mm -hmm. as some people just know it, um, is the governing body of world soccer, essentially. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be building from the macro down to the micro here. As you know, there's several continents on the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, each continent has its own, essentially, confederation that runs how that, con- con- that continent might qualify for World Cup, how they might have their individual tournaments, and how the leagues and individual countries within that continent might uh, operate. So UEFA is essentially a European version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ali, if you want to kind of deep dive into UEFA itself yeah, here. So UEFA itself is, is known as the Union of European Football Associations. It is the governing body of soccer in the continent of Europe. It is an association of associations uh, that would say a representative doc- democracy and is the umbrella organization for the 55 national football associations across the continent of Europe. UEFA Champions League is a soccer tournament of 32 teams that compete in five rounds for the right to be crowned the best club in Europe. And let's get into it more. Um, Champions League, before we get into this year's, um, here's how people qualify because you're seeing, okay, well, 55 countries, only 32 teams. How does this work? So the Champions League spots are allocated to respective countries and their governing bodies of each nation Mm -hmm. based on what's known as the UEFA coefficient. Essentially, 
UEFA has a bunch of calculators and algorithms to help rank countries based on their soccer or, since it's Europe, footballing performance. Mm. Essentially, the better performance a nation has in terms of its factors such as international play, the more spots are allocated to that nation. So here's basically what happens. There's two types of spots. There's playoffs um, in which a team will either be in a group stage automatically or go through several rounds of qualifiers. Now, qualifiers are basically if you're not if you're not from a high ranking nation within the UEFA coefficient, yeah. then you're likely going to have spots based on your league's table or whoever your league winner is. Yeah. That's going to go into qualifying rounds against other smaller nations in Europe. Okay. The top nations tend to just have teams that automatically qualify towards the final 32 that you mentioned of a group stage. Yeah. So here's kind of how it works. It's very extreme here, so. <laughs> UEFA, the teams that are ranked one through four, which to give you an example, England, Mm -hmm. Italy, France, Germany, arguably, and then Spain. It's usually these are the top five European uh, nations. If you're ranked one through four, however, within these, the top four teams of each league's table, which for those not familiar, a lot of soccer internationally, Mm -hmm. instead of playoffs and everything, you play every team twice on a table. Whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins, basically. Um, The top four teams of each league's tables will be given a spot in the group stage. So if we're going off this season in the English Premier League, Mm -hmm. it would be Manchester City, who won the league, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, Screw them. Arsenal, who came because they bottled the league, absolutely. Manchester United, glory man United, truly. Mm. And then Newcastle United. Those four teams being the top four teams would qualify for next year's Champions League into the group stage. But if you're ranked five or six in the UEFA coefficient, which Italy might be, that means they get two group stage spots as well as one spot for the final qualifying round. There's several qualifying rounds. If you are a country whose UEFA coefficient ranking is seven through nine, you're going to receive one guaranteed group stage slot and one third qualifying round slot. Mm -hmm. If you're ranked 10, you receive one group stage slot and a second qualifying round, which means that team has to advance and then get to that third qualifying round and then get to the final qualifying round. They still have to go through a playoff system to get into next season's Champions League. So if you're in qualifying rounds, you're playing this summer, basically. It feels like uh, in the sport of soccer, it's like every game you see, it's, it means something like it. It goes towards something like you'll see your favorite team playing uh, the FA Cup, like you said, Man City. Why do you gotta bring that up? Why? I'm, because just, you right, know I'm still heated about this, right? They just won that, Frauds. but now they're, they're gonna play for the UEFA Champions League final. Based on what they did in the Premier League, yes. Yeah. So, uh, like, I hate it. as as Ahmed is explaining, is like. Um, it all add all these games in these different leagues within uh, that European continent mean a lot when it comes to the Champions League specifically. Yeah, and you know the Champions League is the highest of the intercontinental European play. Yeah, Europe has several other levels of tournaments. The mid tier being the Europa League, the uh, which shout out Liverpool for barely making it to that one, <laughs> and then below that is the Conference League, which. English side, West Ham have just won the other day. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of tournaments that happen. Basically, if you're new to soccer, 24-7 across the world, there is some game you could find the links to online. substance, too. But UEFA Champions League final is the biggest accomplishment out of all of the games you'll ever watch. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is 
if you get to this group stage that we talked about, the final 32, right? You're in groups of four, and you play a round robin. So basically, you play every team twice. Yeah. So if it's – I'm going to throw out four random teams here, okay? Um, Borussia Dortmund mm-hmm. from Germany. Uh, Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Shakhtar from Turkey, I believe. Juventus. Um, Juventus, yeah. I don't think they – I think it's a weird draw thing for coefficient, but that could happen. <laughs> That'd be a group of death for Shakhtar. But you play every team twice, right? Yeah. And for those who aren't fully familiar with soccer – it's win, draw, or loss. If you win a match, you get three points. Yeah. If you draw, you get one point. If you lose, it'll have zero points. Whatever two teams finish after these matches are all played in your group mm-hmm. with the top two results, they advance to what's going to be knockout rounds. Yeah. Knockout rounds get somewhat complicated because they try not to have – if we're both Spanish league teams, we're yeah. not going to have each other in the early knockout rounds. Yeah. If we end up in a final, it happens. Yeah. It's common. Man City, Liverpool's happened. Man City, Chelsea's happened, I believe. Yeah, but the most exciting part about it, and I feel like this is why they do it, is when you have your favorite Premier League team play your favorite Italian yeah. league team, and it's like what Man United versus Juventus, yeah, or something, or AC Milan, or AC and Milan, let's say Arsenal. Latin, yeah, uh, yeah. God bless yeah, the Swedish legend. These are like powerhouse matchups that are made, bro. Like, cause these are the best clubs in. in so that's kind of a good explanation of what I'm getting into next. I kind of want to address why it matters. I feel like certain people think, oh, like, does all this stuff in soccer matter? I hear somebody in Ohio once told me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like every weekend there's some tournament final going on. Does any of this actually ever matter? Yeah. The answer is absolutely. Here's why. The Champions League provides a different type of prestige. To win your domestic Nations League matters a lot, obviously. Yeah. Right? You have conquered your country. Europe being arguably the toughest confederation or continent in the FIFA world, to conquer Europe means you've conquered essentially the hardest confederation in the world. Mm. And secondarily, recruiting. Think about it. Man United's on a rebuild, right, Ale? Let's yeah. go off the cl- – clearly me and Ale are here supporting Man United. Yeah. We're devils. So the situation is if we want more talent, right? Yeah. If we didn't qualify for champions and we're playing Europa League again, think about how much top talent wouldn't want to join us even though we have money. To yeah. buy it because they want to play in a prestigious tournament. Everyone wants the ability to go to a final in Champions League and lift that trophy. Right. Few players will ever lift it once, let alone twice. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Paolo Maldini. You've been there eight times and won five, basically. But um Italian mm-hmm. legend himself. But yeah, no, so I think there's like there's an aspect of recruiting. So a club's gonna do so much better. Now there, there's also another aspect, and this is where we come in. Yeah. Money. It's beautiful. <laughs> So here's what the prize money situation is. The payout is actually broken down in three groups. So Champions League in total is worth about 2 billion, 32 million euros in the total payout every season. It goes up and down, but this season's roughly this. 55% is going to be for performance-based prizes. Between reaching the group stage, the number of group stage matches you won or draw, those are going to be different here, final placement knockout stages, more than a billion euros are made available to clubs. And the thing is, it's not even enough to just win the Champions League. Yeah. Because you actually get more money if you did had a perfect group stage where all six games you won. Mm. Because the difference between a single group stage match yeah. in terms of a win and draw, Ale, is actually 1.9 million euros. Wow. You're getting 300,000 euros if you draw in a group stage match. So even if you're a small club and you're not going to advance... But if you can get an easy win on somebody, that's mm-hmm. 1.9 million euros to your bank account 
for helping your club with its finances, infrastructure, if you need to hire mm-hmm. personnel, your transfer budget, it goes into a lot. Wow. The second category is coefficient pay. So 30% of this massive $2 billion budget, um, all 32 teams are technically paid for this yeah. that are in a group stage. But there's a coefficient for these 32 teams. It's a weird algorithm based on their prior 10 years of Champions League performances. Each club receives a certain amount of shares. Okay. The worst club, based on a 10-year performance, um, would receive one share. The top team, based on 10-year performance, which honestly might be Real Madrid, mm-hmm. um, would receive 32 shares. Okay. So each share is equivalent to some amount of money, to where it's proportional, but then the share allocation is based on your performance. Hmm. The final one is a little bit more interesting, to be honest. Yeah, It's 15%. And each nation, which is about roughly 300 million euros, each nation participating receives a portion of this based upon the Champions League broadcasting revenue that they bring in. So if I'm England, we bring in a lot of money for, uh, you know, broadcasting rights, Amazon, Sky Sports, everything. If you're Liechtenstein, right, very small country, then how much broadcasting revenue are you really going to bring into the Champions League? So you got a smaller piece of that pie. But whatever piece of the pie you do get, here's how that money works. So let's say of the 300 million euros, um, England got 60 million, right? Yeah. Hypothetical. Half of that is paid out to all four clubs. So 30 million, which is half, would be split amongst the four clubs that are going in there. Yeah. Which would be 7.5 million to Man City, Man United, Arsenal, and Newcastle if this was next year. The other half is based on how many actual games they played. So if you got knocked out in a group stage, but one of our or two of our English sides made it to the quarterfinals, yeah. they're getting a bigger piece of the other 50%. Mm. So there's a lot of more breakdowns and calculations that happen. The biggest part about this is to incentivize for teams to perform well. It's not simply enough to get there. Yeah. It's to constantly conquer every match, group stage. Because some teams might want to think, hey, you know what? We won our first two matches, and it's looking like we're going to be good. Let's not even worry about our last match. Mm. The other team we're going to win, we can draw, we can lose, we're going to be good to go. Yeah. Well, now you have a massive financial incentive. Yeah. And beyond that, there is one final incentive that you receive if you play in the Champions League and win the final. Mm. Every year, we mentioned UEFA is just Europe. There's other confederations. At the end of every year, starting in about mid-October, ending in December, barring a weird wintertime World Cup that we just experienced... Um, the winner advances to that year's Club World Cup. Basically, the winner of each confederation's respective version of a Champions League yeah. goes and plays in a tournament along with a club from the host nation. Yeah. Um, and that is a smaller 6-7 team bracket. Mm-hmm. And they eventually become Club World Cup champions. Wow. So, How w- would you say that UEFA... The Champions League final is lesser than the, the Club World Cup? Or? I will be completely honest. Not enough people care about the Club World Cup. Okay. The only time it matters, um, there's a lot of European dominance. Mm. South America's had historical dominance. Yeah. Brazil and Argentina have some amazing mm. leagues going on in clubs. River played, Palmeiras, um, Santos, where Neymar Jr. Yeah. played. So there's a lot of stuff there. But the Champions League brings in the most eyeballs. Mm. There's one caveat. This has only happened twice, and we're going to get into something similar here after uh, we get into some more local economics here. Yeah. Do you remember 
Okay, do you know the only two teams that have won six trophies in a season? No, I don't. So it's one thing to have a treble, which is you win three trophies that are major for yeah. domestic or international, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that later. There's a term called the sextuple, which means the six trophies, mm. which means only certain countries can have it because they have their league cup, yeah. some sort of national cup, which would be Copa del Rey, FA Cup, something like that. Yeah. And then you have your smaller league uh, cup, which is like Carabao Cup for us, uh, Supercopa de España, something like that. Yeah. You have those three. You have your Champions League. You have your Club World Cup. And then the Champions League winner also plays the Europa League winner. Only two teams in history have ever won six major tournaments or trophies. Pep Guardiola over at Barcelona okay. in about 2014. And after Pep left Bayern Munich, Hansi Flick, the current Germany world manager, won the sixth tuple with Bayern Munich. Only two teams in history, and it's been in our lifetimes. So does Man City have an opportunity to... This year, no. no. They, uh, they might technically... I don't believe they could, to be honest. Mm. Oh, they didn't because a certain side from Manchester, the proper, the red side from Manchester, <laughs> won the Carabao Cup. Glory oh, Man United. Okay, okay. Glory yeah. Man United. Let's go. Yeah. Um, clearly, I would die by my club. <laughs> so, Ale, I think that's it for me speaking. I'm going to grab a shot of water here. If you can please get us back to this year's Champions League final. Yeah, so what I'm going to be talking about is the economics of the Champions League. And uh, sorry if I sound like uh, I'm reading a lot or I sound like a taper. I don't know, bro, or a robot. But I the numbers behind uh, this event or this final are pretty interesting. So I don't want to miss anything on that end. So I'm going to start by talking about the broadcasting rights in both the U.S. and the U.K. because those, those are two major broadcast broadcasting uh, areas or nations uh, that rule the sport of soccer. So just this past year, uh, in 2022, UEFA agreed to a six-year broadcast partnership with Paramount for the U.S. rights to European soccer's elite Champions League club soccer tournament. The media giant has confirmed that this was a, a $1.5 billion overall fee that breaks down to $250 million per season, a dramatic increase on the U.S. $100 million annual fee currently split by Paramount and Spanish League broadcasters Televisa. Now, that deal only covers the U.S., uh, so Paramount now is going to solely on U.S. broadcasting rights. Right now, there's a bidding war in the Latin American continents between, like I just mentioned, Televisa, uh, Telemundo, all those networks. They're bidding to have that right to broadcast this European tournament. I love a good bidding war. So, but, you know, behind Paramount getting this, this deal... Obviously, there were competitors behind that, notably Amazon, Makes who sense. I'll mention in a bit because, hey, look, they lost, and but they got a little win, which I'll mention in a bit. They also have NBC bidded for this, ESPN, Apple, who is trying to grow, you know, right now they're 
growing in the MLB. That's all notable growth there. But Fox and Warner Bros. Discovery and the boxing uh, broadcasting giant DAZN. Probably, other than Apple, the most interesting one on the list based on their recent history. <laughs> yeah, so, but by doing this, you know, Paramount was kind of falling off a bit and they were heavily reliant on their, like, movies and stuff like that. So, with this deal being done, they hope that this will increase their popularity within their competition, that, you know, those, those different streaming services and networks that I mentioned earlier. So they hope to bite off that 2.8 million viewership that happened last year. Hopefully uh, it's projected that that viewership is going to grow this year because the teams that are playing this year are more, you know, Man City's like they're on a streak. Hopefully Inter Milan. Oh, no. It's Inter Milan. Beats Man City. I'm praying. Yeah, so now I'm going to pivot to the UK. I mentioned Amazon. Finally, they have a little slight win here because they get a little piece of the pie that they're going to be sharing with uh, uh, BT Sports. So Amazon and BT Sports agreed to a, a deal that's worth 1.8 billion US dollars, 1.5 billion euros. Uh, this arrangement will see that the internet giant is going to split the coverage with BT Sports from 2024 to 2027. Um, but previously before that, in 2015, there was this bidding war between Pay TV, BT Sports, Sky Sports. Uh, and finally, it's the consensus that BT Sports is kind of like the front runner and leading broadcaster of sports in the UK. I think that's very interesting. And to be honest, I think I just got reminded you talking about Paramount because Paramount owns CBS, right? Yeah. Have you seen CBS Sports Golasso, their YouTube account? No. So you brought up a good point on like trying to get off that popularity. Mm -hmm. But Champions League is pretty much follows the typical soccer season for obvious reasons. Champions League, their own show for just Champions League in America for CBS. Mm hmm. Hosted by Kate Abdo, features Arsenal legend Thierry Henry, mm. French legend, yeah. Liverpool legend Jamie Carragher, mm -hmm. and former Man City alum and Premier League winner Micah Richards. That is probably the best soccer show ever. Their clips go viral on TikTok and YouTube. Oh, like, I may have seen clips. CBS owning this through Paramount and everything yeah. is massive because their social presence and everything. Yeah. We're getting more people used to the idea of Paramount CBS through yeah. the number one show for soccer. Like the only team that honestly beats them in terms of sports hosting okay. is Shaq, Kenny, and them on TNT. On TNT, yeah. So, hey, bravo Paramount. I didn't even realize until yeah, you Yeah, so I feel it. like just you mentioning that aspect is like all they were missing was that, that Paramount watermark, you know, on the bottom of the, of the match, you know. Okay, so I think um, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about the next big thing about this, which would be Ale. The sponsors. Perfect. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, I'm going to be talking about sponsors. And so there's many sponsors behind the UEFA Champions League. But today I'm going to be covering two prominent ones, the 
highest ones on the list of sponsors. You mean to tell me that international soccer it has a money grab? Bro, go on uh go on one any club's <laughs> website or go on their website oh, and you'll see all those logos at the bottom of this website, bro. Hey, hey, I've seen the United window remind me. <laughs> oh god. Right. Oh yeah, we went into that one on we our have own enough, time. We have official lawn care cutters, everything. It's like when the UFC had corn nuts as the official corn snack of the UFC. Because <laughs> they didn't want to say the official snack because they also wanted the... We still want Lay's... Ne- Look, if you could sell a spy, you s- wait till we get some more popularity, y'all. We're going to show you what we mean. We're going to start niching it out to where Doritos is like the official cheese chip, to- cheese tortilla chip of... Yeah, hey, wait till we get Flaming Hot to be official spice. We're going to have our mics branded. Wait till we get money, Ollie. Yeah, yeah. We are selling out. But, yeah, the two sponsors I wanted to talk about were MasterCard and BBVA. Both banking, big powerhouse bank slash, well, we'll just say payment ecosystems. Financial institutions. Financial institutions. Yeah. But they're more so, their role in this partnership is the payment ecosystem. So, I guess these two businesses collaborated uh, to find out, hey, we already know this event brings in a lot of revenue and money. Let's see how we can get down to the pinpoint exactly the number we're expecting as far as transactions within our ecosystems and see if we can increase that. And they actually did the research. So both of these companies calculated that on the three nights that they'll they'll be spending on that weekend of the Champions League final, the average person is going to spend 855 euros per car through their respective institutions. Now, they even pinned it down to where like, hey, we know they're going to spend this, but let's show you a for look. Hey, our ecosystem, we're calculating this. Last week they spent this much. This week they spent their this weekend is predicted they're going to spend this much. And what that means for you is, on the previous weekend they spent forty one percent compared to this weekend, which is an increase of their you know spending by fifty four percent. The forty one percent is like the the last the weekend before is like okay this is how this is the action we're getting for the market of of istanbul or the you know yeah. now and then this weekend is projected a we're expecting people to spend 855 euros and that's gonna be 54 percent increase from last weekend and just to interject a little bit i mean it's marketing many come on I, yeah. this is like my insights and background here yeah i think this is awesome because like obviously host cities which kind of highlight it right now you're about to get into more i know um you have to have a certain amount of stadium stuff other crap you know there's there's criteria to host obviously mm-hmm. largely as people have watched champions league it's in tour cities yeah so just thinking about the impact of hey um name me a major european city real quick random one well let's talk about istanbul perfect turkey um istanbul is a massive tourist attraction right mm-hmm. then how do we compare, okay, what's the benefit of Champions League being in Istanbul versus just people going to the beautiful place of Istanbul? They have the Blue Mosque. They're near an ocean, I believe. 
Istanbul is the only city in the world, I believe, that's in two continents at once, technically. Yeah. So it's a massive thing. So the fact that MasterCard and BBVA, through payment processing, is helping track this data, yeah. it's a lot easier for other towns to want to go. Like, if you're in Madrid, you're if you're at the Santiago Bernabeu in Madrid, right? You're like, hey, we should really try to bid to host next year. Here's the data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not just tourist city, but here's our massive boost. Yeah. So and just to awesome. reiterate that point, just I'm going to sum it so it's easier to understand so basically let's just take the average weekend all right the average weekend they spent this much okay now champions league here is here 54 percent increase from that regular weekend then the following weekend you still have a 41 percent increase compared to that regular weekend so there's like this ripple effect from them just uh champions league just coming to the city and the reason why I chose Istanbul is because that's the place where they're going to be hosting this year's Champions League final. So in terms of Istanbul, located in Turkey, which uh, is a tourist, it, it relies, their economy relies heavily on tourism. It already rakes in around 44 billion euros in revenue, according to last year's numbers. And Istanbul accounted for 40% of that, 44 billion. So, the UEFA Champions League final is projected to bring an economic boost of approximately 75 million euros or 80 million U.S. dollars. All that going to the host city, Istanbul. And the amount of shops and everything, and we kind of highlight it when we talk about any other major event in a city, right? Yeah. It's interesting because, like, this isn't, okay, an entire week of events either. Yeah. Champions League isn't as much of a week-long spectacle of fan interactions and immersions. It's slowly getting there with smaller brands, but yeah. it's purely just people flying in the name of the sport. Yeah, wow. they don't, like, oh, I gotta go, and they're, oh, it's Istanbul. Yeah, there's no, like, we're not getting as many, what's, brand activations, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, like, hey, come down here for the Travis Scott, ex-Nike, whatever. Yeah, like That's not does. really happening as much or with any other major sports I league. feel like that would help the city out, though, like, or the yeah. host city, like, even in, go further that, increase that number because in the NBA, bro, that number was bigger because of those brand activations. Yeah, and I think, like, it's slowly getting there because I've seen some creators on YouTube have brand deals relevant to that, like last year's final, which yeah. I believe was in Paris. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's getting there, but right now it's not, which is still, like, these numbers are a big deal because of that. Yeah. Because, like, if you're going, you're only going for the game at this point. That's true. Um, Or you're just going because you already scheduled a holiday in Istanbul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, lucky me. I get yeah. Champions League final. So, at this point, we might as well talk about the actual final itself that we yeah. got here. If two teams, Internacional, I believe is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I don't speak Italian, so forgive me, people. Um, Inter Milan, mm-hmm. which Inter Milan means they were originally a town known as with the Federation or Athletic Club Milan, AC Milan, mm-hmm. um, because of some rifts of whether or not you can have X amount of foreign players in Italy and every nation's historically had an issue like this. Mm-hmm. A club was divided from there and became Inter Milan. For the longest time, they have even shared a stadium, the historic San Siro, which is unfortunately about to get demolished sometime in the next two, three years for a new stadium. So we should probably get out to Italy soon. <laughs> um, but yeah. And the thing is, the setup Inter, they just played a two-leg series in the semifinal. 
against their crosstown rival, AC Milan. So you're playing home and home in the same home stadium. It's crazy. And it's basically a bloodbath. This is half of your city's pride going on here. Blue and red jerseys. Oh, yeah. It's it was it's a swamp, very much. <laughs> um, I think is per traditional Italian styles, I mean, Italy is the home of the Catanaccio, the iron chain ball defense, basically, that's what it's called. <laughs> they play a 5-3-2 system. So let's get in some geeky soccer talk here with your boy, Coach yeah, let's Betty. Let's put the, put the numbers aside. Let's get in, you know, for you soccer fans out there, let's get into the, the tactics or, you know, we're going to be talking, Med's going to be talking about this and then we'll lead into it. Okay, Med, just talk about this now. Let's see who we actually got, the predictions. Okay, let's do this. So, Milan, Inter, really referring to them because if you have Milan, it's usually AC Milan. The blue side are Inter. Um, they're running, likely because they have recently, a 5-3-2 system. So here's some quick soccer talk here, and I'll let them excited. It's our first soccer episode, buddy. We're here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> five defenders. So if you ever see something like 5-3-2 or some numbers, it always starts with how many players are in each row or section starting mm-hmm. from the defense. You don't count the goalkeeper because you have one goalkeeper. If you don't have a goalkeeper, you should probably not be a soccer club. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Five defenders, three midfielders, usually in a flat line, I believe. Yeah. If not, they have a defensive midfielder and two strikers, including former Man United man himself, Romelu Lukaku, the Belgian Ooh. national. Emotions are going to be high for this team. They just got done playing two grueling matches against AC Milan. They qualified for the Champions League. They didn't win their league, so yeah. they're good for next year. Um, the legendary San Siro was a battleground mm-hmm. for the semifinals. They need to bring back the city of Milan, European glory that hasn't actually came to Milan since 2010 yeah. when legendary manager Jose Mourinho actually was in charge of Inter. He had Zlatan there. I think he had Thierry Henry for that as well. Mm-hmm. And that was the time when they became the sixth team to ever have a European trouble, basically. They yeah. won a League Cup, a domestic tournament within that and they won the champions league they also became the only italian side to complete a treble that year wow so it's been roughly 13 years since Jose Mourinho's inter um became pretty much in the history books now their opponents are actually also going for a treble mm-hmm. the uh people who i will always hate because um i represent the other side of manchester man city mm-hmm. Funded by the Qataris. I'm not going to say anything about them because I don't want beef with a nation, obviously. <laughs> so um, they're going for a treble. They actually just won their league because Arsenal bottled everything, a.k.a. they sold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they unfortunately just won the FA Cup by two extremely dumb goals. Thanks a lot, yeah. goalkeeper for United, David De Gea. Mm. I used to appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not anymore. So mm. they're, on, they're trying to win a treble. Here's the thing. The last English side to actually win the treble was Man United in the 98-99 season. So right after we were born, treble under the GOAT himself, Sir Alex Ferguson. Being the best tactical manager in the world, though, Pep Guardiola is looking to use his Qatari back squad in Man City to manipulate the Italian side's defense out of his way. Pep's entire thing is positional play. Instead of 14 zones, his mind is based off 18 zones across the soccer pitch. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of uh, – if you've ever heard the phrase tiki-taka from the Barcelona days, it's because of him being influenced by Johan Cruyff of the Dutch heritage and everything. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Pep's the tactical genius. I don't think any other coach is 
as astute as he might be in terms of tactics, yeah. maybe deserve for some other teams. Yeah, he's always doing some, you know, up there, you know, in those yeah, finals, he's, semifinals. It's like Phil Jackson of soccer, honestly, Basically. or Belichick. So here's the thing. Pep has not won a Champions League since Barcelona. He didn't even win it for Bayern Munich, and Bayern Munich just take the best players in Germany and just add it to their squad every year. Yeah. And Bayern Munich are used to winning Champions Leagues. This is the final thing for Pep's legacy in Manchester. They've won three leagues. He's yeah. never won Manchester City, or Man City in general has never won a Champions League. So do you think they'll do it this year? <sighs> now for the predictions. Let me give you two predictions. My heart has a solid prediction of I want Inter Milan to win this. Okay. Now, realistically, unfortunately, I think City might win like 3-1. They have Early Holland, who's going to take up attraction from two center backs immediately yeah. up to three. You're going to force a lot of defensive stuff. Manchester City, even in their midfield, their attacking patterns, the triangles they make, the third man concept, all this yeah. geeky soccer stuff. Pep's pretty much led the way for the last 20 years, dude. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to say, I don't think, what's his name, uh, Milan's even going to score a goal. I think Inter's going to get one because they've Manchester United in the FA Cup showed that sometimes it's easy to get past these defenders because Roger was kind of slipping a little bit. There's certain ways to slightly beat that uh, defense for Man City. You just have to have people uh, – your biggest thing is you have to stay away from Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker has shut down Mbappe. Mm. He shut down Neymar. I feel he like Kaku could like just body him if he yeah. ever wants. Kyle Walker's on the outside, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your wingers are rendered useless. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. you know what? Um, I'm gonna go against the grain, even though I just said that they they're not gonna score. I'm gonna say somehow, some way, Inter Milan's gonna win this game. I am praying for this. They, what they go to a penalty shootout, win it that way. I, I, I'm okay. saying, hey, look, I said they're not going to score. How about City's not scoring either? But they go to penalty shootout. Give me Inter Milan, even if not, bro. Somehow, some way, they're going to win. Put it in the books. I, I hope they don't win, man. I feel like they are. It's gonna suck. Inter Milan. Here we go, Inter Milan. Let's. Hey, I will root for Inter Milan, no problem. Um, I would just cry if City wins, even though I'm predicting they will. Yeah. It's not really a yeah, – Put me down for Inter Milan. On pens. Is that what you want to do? We'll just – I don't know when we'll go come back to this topic, but, you know, if we ever do, well, we'll, hey, just, we'll, we'll, we'll mention come... it. Hey, remember that you what, Champions League prediction? Well, Tell you what, if you want to hear me and Ali uh, trash talk each other over our predictions, follow us at – Meets money, M E E T S M O N E Y on Twitter. Yeah. Um, we'll post the results on there. Oh, that's good. That's a good idea. Yeah. Hey, Ali and I love to compete. We have no problem doing yeah, that. Yeah. We're brothers. We love to go at it about different things. So, so hey, my nature. Let's go ahead and do this. I got Man City, probably three one. Unfortunately. Give me Inter Milan. I can't give you a score. I can't. But just you want to go on pens still or? or no, nah, you know play? what? No, nah, we can do that. We can. On pins, let on pins, on pins, on penalties. You got a certain number on pins, or you want to just keep it on pins, like oh, as that's that as, okay. a, as a whole. Inter Milan will win on pins. I can't give you a specific I, number, but just in. for them going to penalties, that's already okay. 
Is that fair enough? That that's perfectly fair because I mean, pens is already usually rare for a Champions League yeah, final. Yeah, I'm saying so. Pens is enough. <laughs> What's the last time a Champions League final went to pens? It's been a long time, bro. Was it Liverpool AC Milan in Istanbul like in 05? Oh, Shevchen- wow. Andrey Shevchenko missed hey, the look, penalty. That's, hey, look, you just said in Istanbul. It's that the last again. time? God. It feels like it's happening again. Oh, yeah. No, I think that might have been a lot. I have to double-check the history. But, yeah, yeah it might have been 0506. So, now that we got our predictions out the way, Ahmed, can you just give us 30 seconds about how you uh, about the UEFA Champions League final? So, in a very complicated world of international soccer, just yeah. know this. Uh, money grabs are everywhere, so mm-hmm. things are overcomplicated. Here's what happens. There's a globe called Earth. Earth has several continents, not just Pangaea, the former continent. Every continent has a confederation that has its own system of countries they oversee. Every country has its own league and stuff. The continents just have their own regional tournaments. For Europe, it is UEFA. Um, (laughs) It is the most dominant historically. Um, It also probably has more views than the Super Bowl, just being completely honest, because it's a global audience. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is the pinnacle of European soccer. You are essentially the kings of Europe. Yeah. Or on the women's tournament, which I believe Barcelona just won, they are the queens of Europe. Yeah. That's about my 30 seconds, Ali. What you got here? For me, it's I learned there's a lot to UEFA Champions League. Like you mentioned earlier, like all these dip, the way they pay out the teams that make it and what each game means to the clubs. You know, what a win and a draw, the difference in a win and a draw means to them. Also, the economic impact that this event brings to a city, close to $100 million uh, for Istanbul is predicted. Uh, The amount of research that these sponsors uh, for the UEFA Champions League does to, you know, to present to the Champions League, like, I mentioned MasterCard and BBVA, what they've done to see, hey, this is what we're expecting. How can we increase that number? And I feel like an idea for that is, you know, finally mentioning, (laughs) mentioning like a final number or a final idea would be brand activations outside of the city to help increase that revenue for the city. Well, I mean, we have a good place. I think uh, considering I'm going to Europe next summer for Euros, I might just have to get there a week or two earlier for down Ale. Yeah. Next year, we could go to the Champions League and check them out live Ooh. at Wembley in London. 90,000 seats. Historic. European glory on the empire whose sun finally set. Wow. Hey, man. Let's do it. I'm All right. Well, on that note, um, we're going to stop being broke or mainly me so I can afford this. But, <laughs> yeah, we this has been another episode of Sports Meets Money where our business is sports. Once again, I got to plug into Twitter. We're just doing social media stuff finally. At Meets Money on Twitter. Um, Give us a follow. Shoot us a DM if you have an idea for a future episode you want us to cover or a question we can do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've been your host, uh, Med, a.k.a. Marketing Medi Raza, uh, joined by my brother and co-host. Ale Hundro, a.k.a. Ale Suave. And uh, yeah, until next time, y'all. Cut!